every day brings us closer. Closer to the moment when the next generation of NFL stars learn their destiny. And franchises try to lay the foundation for the next dynasty. With the first pick. This is First Draft. Now alongside NFL Draft Insiders Mel Kuyper Jr. and Todd McShay, here's Chris Brown. This is it, guys. Last first draft. Actually, Josh, should we do a special one where Todd does like a two-hour countdown I think of so. his 2017 mock? Yeah, we should do it immediately after this one, too. And then, Mel, Just not let him next sleep week, at all. your uh, first 2017 big board. Yep. A couple hours on that. That'd be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guys. Mel, Mel had his big board ready on Wednesday of last week and wanted to talk it. Before we before we talked to through two hundred and fifty three players, and Todd, 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 Todd dismissed it. Yes, As, I don't even want to deal with this. I won't say what word he used last week. I don't want to dismiss. Uh, yeah, forget it. He disregarded all. I, I, I was even throwing names out there, and he. Kind I mean, of, it was he kind of walked out of the room. It was twenty within twenty four hours of this year's draft, you and can, you want to talk about your big board for twenty seventeen? Little diversion. That's all I tried to provide, and you wanted no part of it. Todd, did you see what Mel had his first two thousand seventeen rankings on? It's like a. It was like a destroyed like a Manila folder. folder. Yeah, yeah, Manila folder. He still has. He's walking right. around with it all it's not day with long. Me right now, yeah. it's like the movie Amadeus. That's how Mozart kind of like wrote down his songs. You know, when you know, you're sitting there on one day, I was just having a little fun, and you guys, you just banged out 170, a bunch of 172, 2017 hey, players. Now he's scrambling today. McShay is I'm not scrambling. I don't. It's scrambling my, to try to find enough guys. To my find way too mock. early mock draft that is contractually obligated. It's actually 100. Um, percent hey, I offered to, to listen to this. I offered to trade Todd his mock. I think for my for the grades of the draft. I think draft grades is like the spawn of Satan. I, I it think really it's the is craziest hard. thing in the history of the world. We're grading a team up. Lighten up. Have a little fun. Okay. Yeah. Well, so I, serious. I did. I did. Like, I, did light, I did lighten up. I, I'm doing a 2017 mock draft. Man. You're just way too serious, McShay. Okay. Mel has I'll his, up. I'll chill have out. Fun. Paper. Realize Mel it's football. Has, it's not a big deal. It's not life and death. It's sports. Well, so Mel. It's all great next year. Mel is definitely understating. The life and so salty. The life and death. Oh, me, please. This guy has not been. He hasn't smiled since I ruined his pumpkin pie. Do I seem Where's like a, I'm in a bad mood? No, you, you actually. It seems like you finally have switched over to a good mood. First I time should have. I should have brought Todd a take five. I'm good, man. No, I'm good. Hey, this is, guys. This is the best I've ever been for this post draft podcast. Wow, if that's the I'm best. Feeling it. <laughs> this is the best. Like, I am I'm feeling play it. back the worst. I am feeling it. Okay. Yeah, Let's do Todd it. usually looks like you know Bill, Bill Murray out. and Caddyshack, just kind of like haggard at this uh-huh. point. Guys, we've gotten to talk about it on sh- other shows, but nowhere do you get the depth that you do on the first draft podcast, where you can really just cut loose. <laughs> Mel still still with the top uh, button and the tie up, but we can still get through it. Todd, gotta give him credit. Mm-hmm. Still... Gotta finish strong. Yeah. Mel, talk about. I just did the journalism. No, no. Talk about as the question. No, I hate that who, on radio. Who is your who is your favorite class? We, I know you had Baltimore and Jacksonville rated really high for people who read the draft grades. Yeah, obviously, certainly Jacksonville is going to be in the Super Bowl in two years. Todd, All joking because, aside, when's the last Mel time gave him an A? When's the last time you gave Baltimore uh, uh, less than an A? They've had B, B oh, plus. Yeah, yeah, they have. Yeah, okay. oh, yeah. but. Uh, I think it was the Sergio Kindle draft. Mel wasn't super excited I've about that class. But okay, I'm just curious. It's like, come on. I'm go not, ahead, go ahead, I'm not a tra- I, 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 under, I really should have given one team a higher grade. 
and I gave an A minus to Tennessee. We gave Chris, and I'm looking at it. The one thing when you factor in that first and third, which we did for the Rams, from the Rams for next year, Jack Conklin getting him. I just wasn't a big Kevin Dodd feeling that he's going to be the ultimate pass rusher. I also didn't love Derrick Henry at 45. I didn't ever really have a problem with that. I, you know, Bayard. I hate running backs even you know, more than you, though. Yeah, you know, I, I just look at it and say maybe just an, a solid A for Tennessee. But I think I'll tell you the team that I loved it was Chicago, and the people say, "Well, how can you love Chicago?" They, you, the, they, you they had the best. I think draft. Todd no, Lachey really liked Chicago. Yeah, they, too. they and the Ravens probably had the no, best two drafts. Well, Leonard Floyd, are you sold on Leonard Floyd being a great pass rusher? Which he yes. has not been. Yet. I think he's going to be. Oh, a, he's going to be a great pass rusher in the NFL when he hadn't been with the uh, with the Georgia Bulldogs. Yes. Okay. The other one I thought was interesting. Uh, haven't haven't loved him. I know you know Eric Flowers went nine last year. You guys both had him kind of in the eighteen to thirty mm-hmm. range on your boards. But I thought even with a slight reach on your mind on Eli Apple, I know Todd likes to talk well, they about got the stuck. technique. The technique you end up with with some of these Ohio State corners. You can get into that, but Shepard's going to be good. Darian Thompson's a guy that can come in and play. They needed a linebacker. They got Goodson. They rebounded very well. They Paul really Perkins. Did. I know I like him more than other people, and th- that doesn't really I matter. But I just love getting a good running back in the fifth period. And then he, Jarrell Adams, some for some reason, still there in the sixth. I really like that draft. Oakland, I think maybe I liked him more than other people. They, they, I think they did really well. Joseph, Ward, Calhoun. No wide receiver, though, for Oakland. Kind of surprised yeah. me a little bit. But, yeah, that's what you have to look at. Did they Crabtree address? and Cooper, they're yeah, not yeah, did they, starving out Did there. they address every need? I think there were several teams that did well. Jacksonville, I mean, they get the corner that they always wanted and didn't think that they were going to get in Jalen Ramsey. Fits yeah. Gus Bradley's scheme perfectly. Can be that press guy. Miles Jack, how long do they get him? That's the whole – I mean, if they get four or five years out of Miles Jack without significant time missed because of the knee – he may be the best player from this draft. I mean, he, he's up there in the top three, four, five best players on tape from this draft class. Yannick Ngakwe, I, I thought he was okay. I thought he had some pass rush ability. Fits what they want to do well. Sheldon Day is an absolute, it's like highway robbery in the fourth round, Sheldon Day. With the motor, the toughness, the effort. Gus Bradley's going to absolutely love this guy. Brandon Allen can be a good backup quarterback in the league, and they get him in the sixth round, the 201st overall pick. I thought Jacksonville killed it. Let's go yeah, play. they did really well. I thought we move on from the positive to the negative. And, sure. You know, I think Dallas, to me, and I don't you know, hey, everybody's got an opinion. Jalen Smith, great for Jalen Smith to be the 34th pick. But yeah, what? How is he going to be coming back off the injury? I thought that was rich. Malik Collins is an underachiever. They get him in the third round. I didn't see a lot to get excited about with the Dallas Cowboys. They Jarius Jackson. I like him at running back. How's he going to make his team with all the running backs they have? They get no wide receiver, no cornerback to the sixth round. And you take a running back when any seems like any running back can run behind this line, and you're going to take a running back at four. Uh, yeah, there are a lot of good ones in this draft. Well, I think this is a bargain point. I, I wasn't enamored with the Cowboys draft, and I think I, this normally is, I'm not enamored with the Cowboys. This draft. is kind of the nuanced aspect of the draft here, where you can love the players and just not like how the draft went, how they fit. I mean, the value. Everybody likes Ezekiel. I'm not Elliott. as negative. The guy's, the guy's great. But the second year in a row, Jalen Smith, for very different reasons, they took essentially a red shirt in round two where you need to get football He is not essential. He is. He is, yeah. yeah. And, you know, Randy Gregory obviously was facing different kinds of challenges, but 
Those are second round picks. And when you're going to have Tony Romo having a couple years left, and he's coming off an injury, you're going to do another redshirt year with a second, a 34th pick in the draft when you already showed that you want to win now and you know you can win now because you should have won the division had Romo not gotten hurt. You draft Ezekiel Elliott to be a, the new version of Emmett Smith. And you don't get a defensive end until the fourth round in Charles But Tapper. if your doctors tell you that he can, that he's going to be back and be able to play at any point in his career at 100%, you may have just gotten the best player in this draft. Did they say 100% I, though? I don't think anybody. I, I, no, yeah. enough, teams, enough teams told me nope. fourth to fifth round is the earliest they would ever consider. Nobody him. knows. And they have medical people too. So my point is, no matter what one says, there were a lot that said otherwise. And they're all doctors and they're all experts. Listen, and, I didn't yeah. mind the Cowboys draft as much as you did, but I, I hear your points. Let's and, just and admit well, this. We were shocked at that value range. When uh, it happened, 34, 35, he was too. He, he just to, won't admit it. No, with Jalen Smith, you're saying? Yeah. 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 I, I, well, but then again, the day before I left to go to Chicago, I had mm. to do a thing off of an Adam Schefter report yeah. up on the board where he was saying that every the people in the league were telling him he's going late first, early second. Okay. I had to do. I had to go show the spots that he could go late first, early second. I was showing uh, at Kansas City, I think, was one spot. Another team, Seattle possibly, and then early in the second round, Cleveland. So there were some... There was some chatter that he could go in that range. Yeah, I want to get off. I'll get back to the negative. One team we we missed on in positives, and we shouldn't overlook because this team's capable of making a, a serious playoff run. The Houston Texans. Yeah, you got a big arm quarterback that you bring in in free agency, and I'm not crowning anyone anything. Mel, don't get all worked up over there. Yeah, I'm just I'm just saying, Bill O'Brien has dealt with marginal below average to marginal quarterback play in terms of what you're looking for for a starter in the NFL. He's had minimal weapons. Now he has some toys. Like I said earlier, some Jimmys and Joes to go along with his X's and O's, finally. Will Fuller is a burner. Drop percentage is a little bit too high. He's got to develop a little bit as a route runner in certain aspects, but he can get down the field and he can create. Nick Martin should step in and become the starting center right away. That was a neat area. They got a good value for him uh, coming out of Notre Dame. Then Braxton Miller in the third. We thought he could go late second. Doesn't matter where you think or where they got him. They got a guy who's dynamic with the ball in his hands and has some, and only dropped one pass this whole past year. Then Tyler Irvin, too, has some agility, quickness, versatility. You're talking about. An offensive lineman that's going to be a starter and four weapons for this new quarterback. Bill O'Brien, we can finally see that offensive mind go to work a little bit over the next couple of years with some some offensive players. And I believe uh, O'Brien recruited Fuller, mm-hmm. played against Braxton Miller. I mean, he you've seen Braxton Miller's uh, you know video game skills up close. Uh, really good player. And Houston, I thought was just kind of one of the more interesting moments of the entire draft. Moved up to 50, one slot ahead of the New York Jets. The Jets were... We knew the Jets were... Jets were scared. Scared. Yeah, there were a couple, Very interested couple, couple in people in, in that a building that were, yes. that were not going to be in awesome situations. If Yeah, I don't really buy yes. into this. We know all the guys. I mean, Chip Kelly knew all the guys and, and coming out, coming from Oregon and all that. This guy, you know, to me, you know, we'll see how they evolve there. But I, Will Fuller's not going to be wide open and catching balls. and He had some drops, and he body catches too much for me. I love his speed. And but, I'm negative. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, Brock Osweiler, <laughs> seven starts and a poor quarterback rating. I, I get that. You passed on Christian Hackenberg. That tells us what Bill O'Brien but, thinks but, there. But I'm saying the Texans were in the playoffs and they, they have the, I mean, look at the the defense that this team has, and they hung around and, and fought and crawled and, and scraped and did everything they could. And now all of a sudden, you have at least let's put it this way: 
potentially probably an upgrade at quarterback. Right. Can you live with that? Yeah, I can live with it. Okay. I just, I just, and I'm, some more weapons. I'm just wondering, at any point in time in this podcast, we're going to get anything negative out of Todd McShay's mouth. No, I told you. I'm well, in the best place I mean, I've ever gonna been. Go, we're going to go negative. Celebratory mood All right, the Cleveland, great, great, great. the Cleveland Browns. Hey, hold on. I want to say one other thing, Mel, about Houston that hasn't been mentioned. Mm-hmm. Last, J.J. Uh, <laughs> Watt. Here we go. J.J. Watt's coming back from multiple injuries. And I found it interesting that they did not take a pass rusher, which tells you a lot about maybe how they feel about Jadavian Clowney. Can I get something? Maybe a ding? Get it from Mel. Okay. Oh, is Clowney from Baltimore? Se- Seattle was also quietly good for a team not picking till where yeah. they were. To get Jeron Reed at yeah, that point? Yeah, they had a couple. Like, they, they had a, Can we please move on? Why negative. are you so negative? I, okay, so Cleveland's the one team yeah, I, I was disappointed in because I felt like I, a good move when we started. I've been, I've been defending Cleveland because I think there's not enough. Or, you know, people hear Moneyball and, and analytics and all that, and they get so worked up. Bill Belichick hears analytics and he says we don't use analytics, but they do. Yeah, because they they consistently do have the same draft plan. This draft plan is based off of what historically tells you is the competent best way to do it, and that Volume. is to back up and get quantity over quality. Yes, and they've averaged over the last six years nine point two picks per year. Denver has done a really good job of since John Elway's gotten there of getting picks and using high picks on important positions, positions of value, and mostly pass rushers. Four, I think, what is it, four of the last five drafts, for their first pick went to and pass rushers. And hadn't exactly set the world on No, fire. but that's the whole point. You don't have to. When you're picking 10 players and you're... Yeah, you know, you got Tom Brady, you don't have to. And you're going... That's true. But if you're going 40% or 30% in the draft, then you're getting three guys. And, and history tells you that three, you know, three guys replenish a roster. Long, short... I'm all in with studying numbers and being really diligent about how you spend your money in the salary cap, making sure you're not spending it on defensive tackles that don't rush the passer, inside linebackers that come off the field after one down, guards, etc., etc. But don't draft players, in my opinion, off of numbers. And I'm worried that this draft from Cleveland production is too production-based yeah. in terms of college production. I get it. There are certain things you look for, certain numbers. Even Bill Polian's as old school football as you'll ever find. He won't draft a defensive lineman that runs over while they four, go. Eight, five. No, well, you know, pass rusher, four, an eight, edge five. rush over a four eight five, a defensive tackle over a five two. Um, we talked about that last year with the, the kid coming out of Washington. But you have to be able, you have the to study the tape, and you have to find football players. And I didn't think that Cleveland found enough good football players and guys that project to the NFL. The way they should. And so I'm, I'm interested. Now, as I said, I was talking to Joey Roberts yesterday about it. And, and three years from now, if we look back, and this was an awesome draft, then maybe I have to change the way I evaluate how they're evaluating. But until then, I just I believe the tape has to be the vast majority of the evaluation, and then you can use some other numbers to try to help break ties or, or put things in perspective. Yeah, I just have a little issue with people. Like Billy Bean always had his critics, and all these so-called purists have a problem with Billy Bean and whatever, and he's won. He's been an Oakland. I had one big in terms of World Series, but he's won. And you know, in football, you know, a lot of guys think you, know, you, know, you had to have this or you had to do that. Or you know, Football people tend to always look down on people that have an opinion that's not theirs or what have you or philosophy that's not theirs. If they have a philosophy, and they do, 
then let's see. Yeah. I mean, nobody, nobody has an exact formula to build a Super Bowl team. Uh, yeah, the bottom line is if you get a big-time quarterback, you're a heck of a lot better than the teams that don't, or you have an elite defense. Den- this Denver stuff drives me crazy. Baltimore had one in 2000, and that allowed an average quarterback to win a Super Bowl. Denver had a great defense in 2015 that allowed an average quarterback, which I would say below average, because you know, Peyton Manning is, is, was not very good, no. and Brock Osweiler was not very good, yet they won because they, that happens every 15 years. So to no, act like you can win a Super Bowl with a, uh, you know, an average quarterback is not going to happen. So get the big-time quarterback. Cleveland, we'll see what happens, Todd, whether this philosophy that they have works. Nobody has an exact formula for this. If they feel production is important, and we all agree it is, okay, you don't produce in college. You're not going to produce in the NFL. Some teams like to take underachievers and think they can make them football players. That doesn't always work. So to me, let's see. The hell are you drawing over there, by the way? He always does this. I'm just wait, I was just waiting for a negative comment. N e j a x circles yeah. squares. Yeah, Billy <laughs> Bean. You have to see it. Remember, remind you of Billy Bean, who has had success, and there are a lot of critics of Billy Bean. Todd, right. I got a question for you on the Cleveland one because here's I've I've had a, a multiple conversations about this. And a couple of things pop up. One, love the philosophy. Get as many picks as you could. They took 13 picks before or before the end of the fifth round. I love that. One thing that stood out, though, was there's a lot of people that really like the philosophy and were really underwhelmed by the picks. One of those, get as many pass rushes as you want. I don't care. I know Mel is like king of the Joe Schobert fan club, selling stickers, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, online. that was actually one of their best but picks. Loved it. Five wide receivers to me says, e, either I want to start the season with five w- new wide receivers, and they almost could based on what they have on the roster, but it also says to me, I don't think two of these guys are even going to work out. And I wonder what you think about that in terms of going so hard at one position. Yes, in the, at the current NFL, get pass rushers and get weapons, but five? Well, again... History tells you you're going to miss on probably three of those five. Yeah. So if you get two, and you would hope that, Co- that um, Corey Coleman's won, considering they took him at 15, and I thought that was a good pick too. I yeah. thought Coleman and Schobert were their best two picks. Um, but So if you wind up with two, you still need more. So, <laughs> I mean, when you, when you look at their roster right now, who are their receivers? Yeah, it's gross. You know, Andrew Hawkins, Hartline. Ryan Hartline. A lot of heart in that wide receiving core. So I, I understand I, the five wide receivers thing doesn't bother me as much Kessler, as it does Todd? it does everybody were as, else. Were you as offended as Mel Kuyper was by not taking know, Cook? Yeah, I, I I don't think it. Forget Cook. I, that's not even for me. That's not really part of the conversation as much as I just don't know. Cody Kessler, his skill set fits in yeah. that division in that weather when his when you have a guy whose biggest weakness is. Is um is his arm strength lack of arm strength and he does everything else really pretty well to, to very well he's smart he picks things up quickly he's got a lot of uh, personality and leadership to him he's been through a lot he's shown he can endure hard times he he I think is a sneaky athlete actually the more I study him the watch him in the, in the pocket maneuvering around getting outside the pocket he's very accurate short. Average to let's say average accuracy, intermediate, and I did not think he had good accuracy throwing the ball down the field. Whereas you got Robert Griffin, who's throws a really good deep ball and is inconsistent with his uh, short intermediate accuracy comparatively, and is not a precision based type quarterback. What are they going to be? They they seem like they're polar opposites in terms of who they are. Kessler 
and Robert Griffin. And then you bring in a vertical receiver. I mean, yeah. you you get Corey Coleman going on a nine route. Kessler doesn't have a chance of, of yeah. throwing it down the field to him in, in any kind of wind mm-hmm. that you're going to see in Cleveland. So I think Kessler has a huge hand. Yep. And that does help you like in terms and seven, of eight, bad eight. weather. He's going to be playing in bad weather home and on the road. So maybe that does help him. I just think we just got to wait and see. I'm not ready to just say, hey, I'm this, not saying this so, but you asked is not going to work. Oh, all right, well, here's the thing. You asked me to say one team that I, I just didn't see it, and I didn't see it with oh, I Cleveland. Agree. I agree. But I, I told else? you, I really like their philosophy. I think that they they may become the model in terms of how you how much money you spend at certain positions and how you structure your roster and how you draft with the quantities from a quantity standpoint. I, I'm just. I'll be interested to see a how these players turn out, and b how Hugh Jackson are these the kind of players that Hugh Jackson's developing, and what they want to be as a football team. Who else underwhelmed you, Mel? I was underwhelmed with San Francisco. Um, straight in for Joshua Garnett, Will Redmond. They they tend to do this, and I agree with it for the most part. But I didn't think Will Redmond was an elite corner going in prior to the injury. Same thing with Robinson, the cornerback from LSU. I do like some of their late round picks, uh, like Ronald Blair from Appalachian State, John Theus from Georgia. I think Driscoll because Kelly picked them, hand picked them. We'll see Kelvin Taylor, the running back from Florida, and Aaron Burbridge. Uh, so I you know I look at that and, and Dallas. I've talked about uh, before. New England, Cyrus Jones is okay. I still think that's a little rich at 60. I but, love that pick. You, know, you, can, you can love that. He's, he's a, the punt return ability is what I think allowed that. How come Todd weeks. loves a Baltimore guy and Mel's like so down on him? Because he beat Calvert Hall. Gilman. I didn't say I didn't like Cyrus Jones. I like Cyrus Jones. I just think where they took him. He's bitter towards you. You're a great punt returner. You're not a great corner. That's my point. Remember Javier Arenas? Javier Arenas got yeah. bumped up to the second round. He didn't have the return skills that Cyrus does. And I think Cyrus Jones' punt return ability will be a major asset. What about the Eagles? I, I, I get it. It was all about Wentz, but after that, mm-hmm. a little forget bit underwhelming. After the, forget after that. They got Carson yeah. Wentz. They got, I think, the best quarterback in this draft, and they got a guy who's going to develop into a really— all right, that's fine. And no first next year and no second in 2008. That's all right. So, we got a know, quarterback. Yeah, well, I agree. Well, you got a quarterback. This, this draft, though, was nothing to get— uh, you got a quarterback, about. you got a starting interior offensive lineman, and then after that, I agree. Jalen Mills is probably their best pick uh, from from fourth through seven, day three, in the entire day three, and they had four, six picks in day three. Uh, you know, they're, they're kind of all over the place with it. I thought Jalen Mills, I think Jalen Mills has a chance to make that roster and contribute, has some versatility. Injured, moved around from corner to safety, back to corner. They just they never seemed to find a home, and be on the field consistently at one spot for a couple of years. Kuyper's doodling, which means he's frustrating again. Uh, but I think Jalen Mills is a good player, but I, I agree. I think some of the the middle picks were not my favorite players, but we'll see how it, it turns out. What about a couple, couple, couple more classes I just want to look at here? San Diego, thought it was a little bit interesting. We've been talking all offseason, offensive line, offensive line. They had the chance to take Tunsil. They had the chance Stanley. to take Stunley or St- Stunley. <laughs> they had the chance to take Stanley. In a long week, uh, I don't know if they would have moved down. They take Joey Bosa. I Love like it. it. Number one, just, number one just player. Take, on, take the great high on, on floor the non big board on Todd's board. Yeah, uh, just take him. the high floor player. In a weird way, you know, Hunter Henry. He's not going to be. Uh, he's not going to be your blocking savior out there. But he's, he's the best tight end in the class. But he's a weapon. The best tight end in the class. You get him in the second round. That's probably a good value. And he was going within the next five picks. I promise you. 
They get Joey Bosa, roommate, and Josh Perry, kind of an underwhelming athlete who's a really good football player. And is, is intangibles through the roof. Max Turk, I can I think can be a starting center in the league. I thought yeah. his tape was under. I thought he was underrated. His Personal. tape was really good, and his you know he's coming off the injury, but he'll bounce back from that. Jatavis Brown is the sleeper of this draft class. I mean, he's undersized, explosive off the edge. Yeah. All the dude did was make plays. You watch him in that bowl game; he's all over the place. I, I think I couldn't believe how little attention Jatavis Brown was getting, and I think he's got a chance to be a be an impact player on that defense. And they on the downside, no safety, no wide receiver, and just a one offensive lineman a high. And of course, they got Clark in the late you got a starting round, punter. No, yeah, Gazer. Yeah, your number one punter. Yeah, no. yeah, they did. I just uh, San Diego stood out to me a little so bit. So you're because talking about you know I mean, an impact defensive player in Bosa. Uh, you're talking about a, a, uh, yeah. uh, your answer long term for the tight end and for yeah. a quarterback, that a starting looks at a tight a end. starting center, and then you got a couple guys that can contribute in different ways. Perry can be versus the run, special teams, Jatavis Brown passing downs, do some different things, and a, and a punter. I mean. You can't you can't get twenty two starters in in a single draft. Well, I I pointed out San Diego because one thing that happens every year and everybody's guilty of it is we say oh they needed to fill a need, but what we tend to do is we we tend to overstate the impact of rookies. We get excited about them, and then you know the most there's just not a lot of the guys that are above above average. By the time they're filling needs. It could be year two, year yeah. three. King Dunlap's no, you know, no world saver, but he's coming no. back from injury. And it... well, my point is that San Diego is is an interesting class to watch because I thought they got a bunch of really good players, but our question mark is, oh, did they fill these needs? Never, you're never doing something wrong if you're getting a good getting football really good player. players. Yeah, we're going to take a quick break. Mel can uh, get 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 a new plan for his second portion of this podcast artwork. And uh, coming up, we got to take our favorite picks in the draft, make our rookie of the year predictions. Stick around. Someone get Mel more paper, please. That's, that's just a moment. <laughs> Welcome back. We got Mel a whole set of Etch a Sketch markers to get through the next fifteen minutes of the first draft podcast, last one of for the 2016 class. Todd, I'm going to let you get this kicked off because I know Mel's got a couple dozen here. Favorite picks in the draft. I love doing this because this doesn't have to be we got our quarterback, Carson Wentz. It could be we got a, a great weapon for our quarterback in the fourth round like Farrell Cooper or we got Jarrell Adams in the sixth. I just want some favorite picks in the draft in terms of, holy cow, I can't believe they got that guy at that spot. I love the Giants late. B.J. Goodson from Clemson. I think he he – to me, has a chance to step in and be a starter. One-year starter there, had some injuries early in his career, uh, but he every Clemson tape I watched, he was always around the football. This guy plays tough, physical, instinctive. I, I think Again, I think he could be the starter, one of the starters for the Giants at that linebacker core. Paul Perkins had a uh, fourth-round grade on Perkins. Love him. Toughness for days. I mean the first, I told you the first tape I ever watched one of the first four or five plays pass protection he goes and picks up about a 260 pound uh blitzing I don't know if his defensive end outside linebacker whatever it was and I think it was Utah and the collision is awesome and he didn't he didn't back down at all. Now he gave up a little bit of ground to the guy but he's giving up about 60 pounds. So Perkins plays the game hard. Loves to compete. I think he's got a chance to be a rotation-type player. And then Jarrell Adams, too, for the New York Giants. 
I know he's a high reps guy, as we say, but big, long, fast, 6'5", 252 pounds, ran the fastest 40 of any tight end in the draft, 4'6", at the Indy Combine, can separate from man coverage, above average ball skills, isn't that big and strong as a blocker, but as a move blocker, gives great effort. I just, I think it was criminal that he fell to the sixth round. Favorite picks. Let's see. Let's go through favorite picks in the draft. Harlan Miller to Arizona in the sixth round. I had him almost in the top 25 at one point. Uh, certainly one of the top 50, 60 best players. He goes at 205 because he didn't test well. He's got to get stronger. But I thought he was a good cover corner. Uh, had a good senior bowl week. I like Harlan Miller. I think Tyler, uh, Tyler Higby to me, if he can just stay focused and, and, and no red flags in the NFL. Uh, with his size and his tremendous hands and his toughness, he could be a big factor for uh, Jared Goff moving forward. I think Aaron Burbridge with his short hands. He doesn't have real big hands, but he's got short hands. Wide receiver what is, what is at a Michigan State. fascination with Burbridge, Todd? In the sixth round to San Francisco. Oh, I like a lot that. of 50-50 balls. Do I get interrupted when I'm giving my favorite picks? <laughs> uh, let's Love see. Burbridge. Charles Tapper in the fourth round, defensive end out of Oklahoma to Dallas. Love that pick. Uh, the, the Giants, Sterling Shepard, because he's a great punt returner and slot receiver, he will help out big time to the Giants. Uh, I love the Josh Dotson pick. We know that. But I think beyond that, Matt Ioannidis, uh, defensive tackle at a, a Temple to Washington, where they got him. And I like Keith Marshall in the seventh round to the Redskins. I love Justin Simmons into the third round to Denver. Kansas City, I think two of their best picks are D.J. White, the corner out of Georgia Tech in the sixth, and Daddy Nicholas, pass rusher out of Virginia Tech in the sixth. Uh, I like for San Diego to echo with Todd Chetavis Brown, linebacker out of Akron. Boy, he was all over the field. Dominant player for the Zips. Jonathan Williams, nice pick for Buffalo. He's not a great receiver or blocker, but he can run the football. We'll see if he can improve in those other areas for the Buffalo Bills. New England, Malcolm Mitchell in the fourth round, wide receiver out of Georgia. Sharon Peak, wide receiver, seventh round to the New York Jets. Devondre Campbell, fourth round outside linebacker out of Minnesota. Golden Gopher program to Atlanta provides the speed and athletic ability they want. Bo Sandlin, almost Mr. Irrelevant, was at Miami of Florida, then goes to Montana State. Uh, I think he was a heck of a pick. He learned under Greg Olson, another former Miami Hurricane. Uh, and to finish it up, Tyler Irvin. Do it all. Basically a Darren Sproles type to the Houston Texans in the fourth round. Was an outstanding pick. Uh, no, give us a few more. Come and on. You know you last want but to. not least, you know you want another to. shorthanded receiver, Tajay Sharp, fifth round. Kevin Bayard, the safety out of Middle Tennessee State to Tennessee in the third. Reach. Daniel Braverman, wide receiver, Western Michigan in the seventh round. Did you mention DeAndre Houston Carson? Yeah, why not? DHC, man. Yeah, the, the William and Mary. Safety, They're my rival. I don't want to talk and about And Joe Dahl, a Sprouse guy, guard out of Washington State, former left tackle uh, out of Washington State. Kentrell Brothers, my You're literally. Favorite you've gone through like the fourth the and fifth how did, rounds. How did anybody get a C? Because it sounds like Mel just named 251 players. So there wasn't. Was you know awesome. what's funny? I don't think he said Von Bell, which is also oh, one of his favorite now, now picks in the few. draft. I gave I gave 30 names, but I missed a few. Sproul. Okay. And now we know, according to Joey Roberts, breaking news that Victor Ochi went went to where Todd? Oh, jeez. He went to, he's not going to say it. The Baltimore Ravens he went to. They cleaned up. They another, another pass rusher to Correa, Kafusi, and Judon. And now you get Ochi. So that's four, count them, four pass rushers brought in by the Baltimore Ravens, McShay. Love it. Yeah. I do. I mean, I, I wish I could not love it. And, the only reason he and, doesn't love it is because I'm a Raven, I and have, uh, he's not. 
No, I so, got some. I've got some friends in that organization. I'm I happy for do. them, and they do every year. They nail it, and uh, I, I think it's fantastic. I have. I'm, I'm except for you. <laughs> I want to get to offensive and defensive rookie of the year picks, but I want to take just a just a couple minutes just to address the quarterback specifically. Okay. I've been. I was down on on the Philly draft a little bit. I know Todd likes Carson Wentz a lot. Likes what he can become. I really like Jared Goff. I mean, I like both of them. I just like Goff a little better. Mel, I think you had Goff a little bit higher. My question to you is, which one of these guys, including Hackenberg, um, including, you know, really even down to, you know, we didn't, right. Connor Cook's more of a trade ship at this point behind Carr, but which of these guys do you think we're going to see on a football field first? Is it Goff, Goff. clearly just because the path is so clear there? Yes. Goff. What do you think, Mel? I think you can see Wentz. Uh, I think Wentz could be on the field pretty quick in Philadelphia. Depends on what happens with, yeah. with Sam Bradford. With Sam Bradford. Yeah. Sam Bradford's dealt. It's not going to be Chase Daniel long. I, I'm, I'm looking at a situation where this, one of the quarterbacks sits for six to eight games. And I think that could be Carson Wentz. I don't it, care about the other stuff. It's funny, though, Mel, because six to eight games seems like the new two years. Yeah. We say, yeah. we say this guy really needs some time, really needs some seasoning, and then inevitably it's yeah. like, you know, ten games. And, and let's face it. What about Paxton Lynch? Yeah, yeah exactly. We'll, we'll get to them. But I thought it was interesting. Brandon Allen goes to Jacksonville. He's got no chance to play. Sudfeld goes to Washington. No shot. Cook goes to Oakland. No shot. Brissett to New England. No shot. Prescott to Dallas. No shot. Teams like Chicago, Arizona, and Houston did not take a quarterback. Cleveland took Kessler, giving him a shot to compete for the starting job. Whether you like him or you don't, he's going to compete for the starting job. I think Wentz will be in there by game six. You think golf will be in there game one? Yes. All right. Ooh, this is a good over-under. Right. Lynch will not be in there at all this year. He shouldn't be. Yeah, so if he is, it's a mistake by the Denver Broncos. And I don't think John Elway and Gary Kubiak make mistakes. So I'm going to assume that it's not gonna, you're not going to see Paxton Lynch at the helm for the Denver Broncos. So that's the way you look at the quarterbacks. Some have no shot. Some have a, have a chance barring an in, if an injury occurs. Some will be handled a certain way. Kessler will have a shot. And we don't know if RG3 can step back three, five, seven steps and throw the football. We don't know if RG3 can stay healthy. We don't know if he can still slide or get out of bounds. So Cody Kessler could end up playing more than any of these rookie quarterbacks. I think Kevin Hogan's just going to be fun to watch. He's going to kind of go away and, and not have to play Kansas City. Perfect system for him. Perfect in that room. Can he win the backup job? And if he does, then... In a few years, can he wind up as the starter there? I know he's limited, but in that system, he couldn't have gone to a much better spot. Great, I agree, and I will say this about Hogan: his arm strength right now is not good enough. Arm strength, I has tend been, to agree. Arm strength has been proven by Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, and others that you can, it can get better once yeah. you're in the league. Yes. Kevin Hogan, needs, Tom Brady has a significantly Kevin Hogan's stronger arm strength on a skill one to ten right now is a four. Maybe he needs to get to a seven Agreed. or an eight. Can he get there without without a long without that along yeah. elongating anymore? He needs, and, and we, he needs to get, kind of get transformed like Aaron Rodgers coming out of Cal into a different quarterback mechanically. And if he does over a two three year period, minimum of three years, I think it's going to take for Kevin Hogan to have any chance. And if he never gets better from an arm strength standpoint, all you're looking at is a career backup type, right? And That's you know it. what? There's nothing wrong with that. But I think he's in a ri- just. Keep an eye on his development. Yeah. I think he's in a really good spot to have as much success as he physically can possibly have. Todd, you mentioned that you think Goff can be there week one. I don't necessarily disagree with you, but the question I would ask is, is that a reflection of Goff or is that a reflection of you think maybe the offensive line could be in place? And I guess the follow there is, 
if you think Goff is even halfway ready, sure, maybe you do it. If the offensive line isn't right, are you still gonna are you still gonna do that? Uh, the they're counting on the offensive line gelling and, and starting to play better. They've spent picks there in the past. You know, uh, Jamon Brown they spent a, a third last round. Year, yeah. Greg Robinson, a first round. They, they, they just, they, they have to expect Rob, uh, Havenstein, uh, second round last year. So they're expecting improvement and improvement with playing as a group. So b- bottom line, they took him one overall. He's coming from an air raid offense. It's going to take some time to develop perfectly, but he has, I think, the pocket presence, the mental toughness, the physical toughness, the accuracy to win this job. If they don't think he's ready by the end of camp, of course they're not, they're not going to start him, but Case Keenum right now would be your starter if not. And I, I just, I don't know that they're moving, forget moving out to LA. I hate when people say that. That has nothing to do with it. I don't know that Jeff Fisher is going to be in charge of personnel for the most part with less needed general manager as, as the right hand guy and make this decision and trade the picks they trade to go up to get a guy in what could be their last year coaching if they don't win. And sit that guy on the bench. You really think like Jared Goff's going to win enough games as a rookie starter? I don't know. I don't know. But I think. But I think if it's anywhere close, I think not. They got to win. Forget excited. They yeah. have to win. You know what they better do first? And John Gruden made this point. They better create a quarterback. Nick Foles had some success in Philadelphia for one year. He had some success. Case Keenum's a backup. But can we? Sam Bradford. Okay, I mean, when are they ever going to get a quarterback that they can develop in St. Louis and L.A. Now, well, the L.A. Rams. Well, they just they just got one. Another quarterback. I'm saying that they can develop. Yeah, he's not a finished product. He has never been under center. He's still he's coming out of an offense where you know it's not the NFL. So, so you're, you're saying they need to prove that they can develop. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. That's my point, guys. We only have a uh, couple minutes left here, so really quickly, I think the offensive one might be easy, but I want to get. The way too early, I'll couch it there, way too early rookie of the year picks. And again, we know what rookie of the year means. Yes, it means good player. It also means great situation. Mel? I think Josh Dotson has a chance in Washington. They don't have an elite receiving core. He'll work his way in. Third guy, second guy, I think by the time we get to the early to mid-season. I think Josh Dotson's a possibility. I think Hunter Henry, because Phillip Rivers is going to look to the, the tight end early mm-hmm. and often. And obviously with Gates not blocking as well as you would need, blocking is, is an issue with Henry. Catching the football is not an issue. Getting open is not an issue. I think Hunter Henry, and I think Nick Martin Nick Martin anchors that offensive line. His brother, Zach, was a Rookie of the Year candidate. I think he anchors that line. He does a real good job at center. So those are three offensive possibilities. Leave is he a certain yeah. running back to McShay? I'll go with Laquan Treadwell then. Okay. Minnesota. I think he has an opportunity. I think he fits very well in that offense. Mm-hmm. I think he can be the – he's never going to be a big vertical receiver, but I think he can have a lot of catches and become a re- very reliable target for Teddy Bridgewater uh, in that offensive system for the Vikings. And I, I mean, Ezekiel Elliott is the low-hanging fruit. It's yeah. the obvious one. So we all think that he's – I think he's going to have success. Just about everyone does behind that offensive line. It's tough not to. Uh, but I, I think Treadwell is one of those players picked not in the top 20, 23 overall. Uh, it won't surprise me at all, at all if he has a very productive, successful rookie season for the Vikes. Defense with a quick vote for Reggie Ragland because second-round linebackers where you can – Clear some space in front of them have done really well in recent years. Mel, who do you got? Defense. Defense, I'm going to go with a, a pair of, they were one point in time, teammates. 
I'm going to go with Joey Bosa and Noah Spence. It's kind of an entry, the Buckeye entry. I like pass rushers. They transition very quickly. I think both these kids have a chance to put up big sack numbers. Spence in Tampa, Bosa in San Diego. Uh, so I'll go with those two. And, and then, the, like I say, the Ravens have three, now four, but they have they brought in three pass rushers via the draft. Uh, Kamale Correa is going to have a great chance, as will Bronson Kafusi. So I would, I would shade Correa on that. But I think Bosa slash Spence, my Ohio State Buckeye entry, with the Kentucky Derby coming up Saturday. And uh, I'll go a little uh, entry there with my two Buckeyes. Uh, Mick Shea, what do you got? couple safeties. Oh, he's pondering now. A couple safeties. That's a little delay. Carl Joseph, Oakland Raiders. Okay. Great pick. Could come in. I think he's going to win that, that starting job opposite Reggie Nelson. Keanu Neal, everyone in Atlanta seems frustrated they took Keanu Neal a little bit high. That's all right. He's a good player. fits their system, and I think he's a plug-and-play starter with great football intangibles, great football intelligence, and he plays the game like an absolute maniac. I love this tape. And Leonard Floyd, just to get under Mel's skin, Chicago Bears. There you have it. Locks. Vic Fangio is going to get the, the most year. out of that young man. Perfect system fit. Favorite picks in the draft. We hit favorite classes, questionable classes, the Cleveland question, the Dallas question, the Goff question. We got it all. Guys, that's it for first draft. Now it's off to 2017. And your doodles. I was going to do you how how much Thanks for could, listening everyone. How much Appreciate could you it. sell a Mel Doodle original? I don't know, but we, did, we should. Penny? We have to. I mean, we've had a lot of listeners on this podcast this year. Seriously. Yeah. Millions of listeners have been on this podcast mm, since. Hundreds of thousands. Millions. 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 When did we start this this year? I don't know. It seems like Basically, August. We, we started it in January. Oh, January. August. It seems like yeah. August. Yeah, it seems, <laughs> seems like we've been doing this for four but, straight years. Uh, it, it's a lot of fun. Sprout does a great job as the moderator. Todd, Todd, Todd's always fun to work with. Josh Macri back there getting it all done. Uh, and our listeners, that's the people that key this whole thing, because without them, we wouldn't be here. We thank each and every one of you guys and, and gals who have listened. And we'll have The Bachelor going strong in January. Can't wait. Remember, I, I should always remember that. We kick off the podcast with The Bachelor in January, which I know gets millions of listeners goes, behind the millions we already have. Goes so we thank everybody there. for your interest and in listening to this stuff every week. So Special programming note. Off-season schedule. Some Some different things coming up here. Unannounced to me, we're making First Draft a year-round affair. Make sure to check back with us monthly throughout the offseason for a look. First Draft specials, and it'll be twice a month what? starting in the fall. Todd? No. Mel? No, you, Mel, have fun with that. Call your agents. No, I'm on board. Hey, I'm it's, it's been a lot of fun. Thanks for following along First Draft this year. Uh, you'll, you'll be seeing us sooner than Todd even realizes, apparently. Thanks for listening to First Draft. For more great podcasts, check out ESPN.com slash PodCenter.